Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, episode number 254. This is your host, Peter Renton, founder of Lend Academy and co-founder of Lend at Fintech. Today's episode is sponsored by Lendit Fintech USA. The world's largest fintech event dedicated to lending and digital banking is going virtual. It's happening online September 29th through October 1st. This year, with everything that's been going on, there will be so much to talk about. It will likely be our most important show ever. So join the fintech community online this year, where you will meet the people who matter, learn from the experts, and get business done. Lendit Fintech, lending and banking connected. Sign up today at lendit.com slash USA. Today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome Clay Wilkes. He is the CEO and founder of Galileo Financial Technologies. Now, Galileo is a fascinating company. They have been around since the early 2000s, but they've, they've come of age in the last few years, and they are they are powering some of the biggest names in fintech, you know, companies like Chime, SoFi, Blue Vine, Current, Aspiration, and, and many more. And they actually, according to Clay, they, they do like 95% of fintech companies are, are using Galileo in some way. And what they've created is a very simple API-driven system where you know any company can add a, a payments functionality uh, very quickly and easily. You don't even have to be a, a fintech company or a bank. Uh, they've worked out a way to do this in, in a really streamlined fashion. And we, we talk about that in some depth and, and how they're able to do that. Uh, we also talk about, of course, the acquisition by SoFi that was been in the news uh, a few weeks back, and we go into some depth about the thinking behind that and what this might mean for SoFi and for Galileo going forward. It was a fascinating interview. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Clay. Thanks so much, Peter. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, my pleasure. So I know you've been working at Galileo you were yeah, for many, many years, but I'd like to at least give the listeners some background about yourself, sort of what you did before that time, and maybe even leading into why you decided to start Galileo. Yeah, my background is in operating systems and technology, communications. I had taken a prior company public, been retired for about six years before uh, starting Galileo, and that was... Uh, 20 years ago. So that's my background is in technology. Galileo was um, really started to um, solve a, a problem that I saw in financial systems and uh, transformation that I felt like was badly needed to match the internet age. And um, in the last, you know, call it five to seven years, we've really seen a, a boom in, in fintech and Galileo has been at a, an integrated position to benefit from that. Okay. Okay. So then maybe you know, what, when you started, because obviously, you know, 18 years is an eternity in fintech. I mean, fintech didn't really uh, exist as a term. Obviously, there was companies like PayPal and a handful of others that were trying to do some, to do some things in financial technology. But why don't you just take us back to that time? What, what were you actually, what was the problem you were trying to solve when you started? Well, what we saw was systems that were, you know, large, rigid, monolithic, um, difficult to work with, not, not really uh, API-based at all, not created in a way that would be a flexible, scalable uh, architect in a way that could solve many diverse problems, just not uh, well-suited to, to solving the problems that I felt like uh, we felt like could be and needed to be solved in payments. Um, 
many of the card platforms were uh, architected to handle the inputs and outputs of a card transaction. We don't do that. We organize information very similar to the way um, it might occur, for example, in the file system on your computer or something such as that. It just happens to be financial information. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you know, maybe you could just sort of in, fast forward us through the last 18 years really quickly in just a, a minute or so and tell us, talk, talk to about how the, how the company has evolved really up until, uh, up until this year. You know, if you go back in, in payments and banking, uh, what you find is, um, you know, credit, you know, initially starting in the general store, moving to gas stations and department stores, eventually banks. Visa, Bank of America had an idea that um, we could get invite other banks to extend a brand, get merchants on board. That really was all focused on credit. Uh, consumer credit in particular and revolving credit bank issued. And sometime after that, debit came along. Again, it was a, a bank product, um, access to your DDA funds. Uh, and then, so you had traditional credit, traditional debit, and then anything that wasn't that was sort of thrown into this other bucket. And that bucket was uh, about the same time that Galileo started, came about. And so that was uh, the problem that we were trying to solve was um, many different business uh, applications and, and diverse uh, types of uh, situations. And uh, so it's, it's uh, our ability to be able to solve that um, has, has lent itself to uh, being able to be kind of in the right place at the right time uh, mm -hmm. for FinTech. And uh, now we see companies like, you know, uh, TransferWise, Chime, Aspiration, Greenlight, Robinhood, Monzo, SoFi, Revolut, Remitly, PaySafe, just to name a few, you know, Galileo clients. Uh, by one count, um, recent count, um, Galileo is powering 95% of all digital banking in North America. Um, wow. we, um, we have uh, five out of the top five uh, UK firms as clients. Uh, the top application in uh, Canada is on our platform. Uh, the number one in the US, the number one in Mexico. We've just been in Latin America for two months, but of the top 20 down there, we've already signed five. I think we're going to sign all 20 as clients. So, you know, Galileo's done extremely well in uh, API-based payments and banking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so that, that is a pretty impressive, pretty impressive track record. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because a lot of the companies that you, you mentioned there and the ones you're powering, they didn't exist you know, certainly 10 years ago, and, and some of them didn't exist five years ago. And I, I'm curious about the, you know, you've, you've had this front row seat to this, you know, explosion in, in fintech where you've been able to, you know, see, you know, basically a, a banking industry or, or, you know, there's certainly, there's been new products that have come out in financial services consistently over the last, you know, say 50 years. But, you know, really, we have this we have this kind of explosion in the last five years where things are really changing. I'd love to kind of get your take on on how you sort of you know you've had your business for whatever eighteen years or or so, but in the last five years, things just seem to have really taken off. Give us your take on you know on how that's happened and and how you've been able to take advantage of that. Yeah, somebody mentioned to me that we were an overnight success, 18 years in the making. So it's been, you're right, it's been interesting to watch. And, and my own personal belief about this is that we're still in the early days of fintech. So, you know, a lot of people are thinking, wow, we've seen a lot of progress in the last five years. And that's true. 
we really have. But my own personal belief is that uh, we're going to see a lot of change in the next five years. Um, and so we saw this with the internet. You know, the internet exploded, took off. Um, it's a big deal. Uh, and then internet 2.0 kind of came along and we saw a bunch of new leaders emerge. And, and my personal belief, we're going to see that again in the world of fintech over the next five to 10 years. There's still a lot of stories to be told. Um, I'm thinking of companies like a geo uh, in India and mm-hmm. um, you know, these global phenomenons that are uh, TikTok. Um, there's just a, a lot uh, of the, the world that is still yet to be defined. And so um, I, I believe that we're still very early. Uh, we are going to see a response uh, focused uh, largely on consumer by the incumbents, I believe. Uh, I believe that wave is coming. Galileo has already seen it. Uh, many of them are reaching out to Galileo to try and solve these types of problems. And uh, we're also going to see and have seen, but we're going to see much more of the emergence of uh, big tech in the world of uh, payments. So um, we're, we're by no means um, done. In fact, we're just, just, just barely beginning. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, on that, we sort of, we feel like, that, like we only just begun, but there are certainly some digital banks that have, that have reached really impressive scale with several million, uh, several million customers here in the US. Um, uh, and same with internationally. I mean, you look at Latin America, I mean, you've got New Bank with more than 10 million, or I can't remember what the latest number is. It's way more than 10 million, yeah. I think, as far as yeah. customers there. And so as we grow, I mean, there's going to be, you know, and, and, and as these, these companies mature, we have the, the need for really, you know, bank-like reliability, bank-like dependability, where you go, you go to the ATM or you go to the, you load up your mobile app and it's just, it always is working. It's 100% of the, 100% right. of the time, that's the sort of thing. So what are you doing at Galileo to really ensure that, that you can provide that kind of, the, the level of uptime that, and the dependability that some of the largest banks have, you know, have really made us all accustomed to. Well, that's a great, great, great question. And there's a lot that we're doing there. I want to, I, I want to take just a slight exception with your your point, which is uh, that big banks have made us accustomed to. Actually, you know, if you look back over 2019, Wells Fargo had an outage that lasted 10 days. And Bank of America had an outage that affected 60 million customers. Capital One had an outage that affected a day-long 106, 106 million customers. So the big banks aren't immune from this. Um, you know, Amazon, the king of data centers, had an outage that affected 2.3 million businesses. I've personally been stranded by Delta Airlines, you know, three times, and not for flight shortages, but for IT outages. And uh, Apple, who spends trillions or billions at least uh, on uh, IT infrastructure, has uh, outages uh, almost continually. So outages are, are a phenomenon and a thing that um, goes along with technology, despite some of their um, biggest and, and best uh, and, and most diligent efforts on the part of the big banks and other technology firms. And, and Galileo is a part of that. Despite that, I agree with the thesis, which is, Galileo uh, as has done and is doing a lot. And we've had a, a very, very good track record related to, uh, to uptime, fortunately. And you know, one of the things that got a lot of play was the incident in, in uh, October. And um, one of the things we've done since then, just to give you a sense, mm-hmm. we had a project um, after that called 10X. And what 10X uh, enabled us to do was uh, to 
scale to 10 times our largest client. So and in short, what this was, was essentially 140 million active uh, accounts representing um, uh, somewhere on the order of 10 billion transactions and reaching scale of about 5,000 transactions per second. So, you know, we're, we're doing all that we can do um, to, to ensure that uh, we've got massive scale and capability. And the good news is the, the architecture is, you know, fully horizontally scalable, you know, very much like, like any uh, uh, well-architected, you know, cloud-based solution today. Right, right. And so, like, given, given the, the, the sort of the changing environment here over the last, you know, three months, where there's been certainly lots of pockets of, of activity that has scaled dramatically. We've seen digital banks adding new customers, banks adding new deposits, you know, at, at record rates. Yeah. So, you know, how has this changing consumer behaviour um, really impacted Galileo? Have you, have you been ramping up along with, with this increase in demand? Gal has seen massive growth um, since the beginning of um, the the pandemic, just as an example, uh, I think about, you know, the, the, the infrastructure we're using right now, Zoom, and the growth that they've gone through, yep. uh, and the growth at Amazon, quite honestly, you know, uh, we always hear that, uh, you know, Amazon was built for the pandem- pandemic. Unfortunately, for many of us, uh, it, it was in place, but I would say that's true of digital banking as well. Our clients have seen just incredible growth over the last three months. Just to give you a sense of that, for existing business, Galileo uh, is is up month over year of last month 165 percent, which is just just absolutely incredible uh, growth. And so, we're doing um, uh, all that we can. And fortunately, things are working extremely well right now. And uh, and growth has been incredible. We've got clients that are adding, in some cases, you know, 50,000 new accounts a day. You know, many of them have got uh, waiting lists uh, um, of over a million and a million and a half uh, accounts that are waiting to get on. It's just really a function of card production, not not a function of scalability for us. Right. Uh, so there's there's um, there's a lot that um, is is going on, and, and many of these uh, companies like a Chime, a Robinhood. Uh, we just saw recent numbers come out on current. You know, these these companies, uh, Dave.com, they they've all uh, scaled incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Galileo's powering all of that. Right, right. Okay, so you know, one of the things that uh, I presume you might have seen the, you know, the, the column by um, Matt Harris last year about embedded finance, because as you're talking and as I sort of look at Galileo, I feel like, you know, you're really part of this movement towards embedded finance, where, you know, you've got you. Maybe we step back and talk about Galileo Instant which, you know, from my understanding of it is, is sort of a way to kind of, it's like a plug and play for different kind of financial services. And uh, it seems like this is a trend that's, that's really going to get, you know, it's, it's getting going and it's, and, and it's got legs as far as, as far as I see. We'd love to sort of get your, firstly, uh, explain what Galileo Instant is and then talk maybe more broadly about the trend, this trend towards embedded finance. You know, Galileo has built an incredible platform uh, for these digital banks that we've been talking about here this morning. And uh, if you look at those digital banks and and a new uh, digital bank coming along that um, wants to build a great consumer experience, they've got some ideas around um, what they feel like that ought to look like. Um, Galileo tries to provide the services that, that would enable all of that, but the process to do it 
is expensive and it takes time. And so, you know, for example, you know, you need, you would have needed to raise several million dollars. You need to know something about um, banking and about fraud and about disputes and compliance and regulation and all of the rest of it. It's, it's expensive and it's, it's, um, it's, it's not easy. It's difficult to get into, but there are many businesses that just simply want to make a payment. They don't want to be a payments company. Mm-hmm. They just want to make a payment. And so that's the, that's the uh, thing that we're trying to do with Galileo Instant. It's a product we announced uh, late last year. Uh, we've been in beta um, over the last several months. Uh, the product is going live this month and we've had 450 companies uh, with inbound interest um, sign up for and and gain access to uh, the APIs that power Galileo Instant. To answer your question, the problem that Galileo Instant is trying to solve here is the, we, you know, I have a client, excuse me, a neighbor that is, uh, he he owns a welding, uh, a steel manufacturing company, uh, uses welders to uh, assemble this this steel. 10,000 welders, and he asked me, he said, do you have a product that would allow me to pay my welders by the weld? And uh, I said, well, if you give me about two months, the answer to that is yes. And, you know, so that's one application. Google has uh, 23 million YouTube influencers that need to be paid every month. So if you think about that, um, and that particular portion of Google, I could imagine this doesn't necessarily want to be a a payments company, although Google itself might be. Um, They just simply want to make a payment. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, there, so whether you're talking about a welding company or Google, we see thousands of these uh, these applications, and and we've we've done some uh, engineering and, and recent testing around uh, what does it take to get into this this type of uh, uh, business, and we've reduced it from many many months. You know, the the sales process can be months, the integration can be months, the the marketing ramp behind all of that on the part of our client can be many months. So you could see one of these uh, digital banks take anywhere from 12 to 24 months to really get started and and begin to to market their product. Uh, Whereas on Galileo Instant, we've reduced that to um, a number of minutes. Um, Hmm. So somebody can come to uh, Galileo, the Galileo Instant product, and uh, gain access to it. It's all API driven. And within a matter of minutes, we've eliminated all of the friction that goes into uh, needing to make a payment. And uh, you can begin to do it. You can do it in a co-branded way. So Google could do it, co-branded YouTube, uh, et cetera. Um, and uh, it's, it's pretty powerful. And uh, you know, we've seen this on the acquiring side, but not really much innovation here at all on the uh, issuing side. So I'm pretty excited about it. And these are the types of products that I was talking about uh, when I was mentioning earlier around uh, FinTech 2.0. We've still got a lot of headroom, uh, another 20 years worth at least. Right. So you think then that we're going to see, I mean, the the company you just mentioned there, the welder and Google, these are not financial firms, um, but they want, obviously every single company on the planet has a financial function because otherwise right. that's, just, that's just a death by definition. So do you right. think what you're going to see is, you know, a range of companies, it sounds like from what you're saying, even down to reasonably small companies that can offer their own sort of co-branded financial services. Is that, is, is that where we're moving? Yeah, we've seen, uh, you know, law firms that need to pay uh, folks that are running satchels around town on bicycles. Um, We've seen a, a restaurant firm that um, is paying millions of restaurant workers and they want to do it, you know, on, a, on an interval that doesn't necessarily match to uh, what, 
what is available in uh, traditional applications. And it's not, again, it's not easy. It's not easy to find these types of applications uh, or en enabling technologies. And to my knowledge, they're not out there today at all. So I, I, I can see this ranging from big to small. Okay, so I want to I want to talk about SoFi. Um, obviously, we you know, know the company really well. You know, we had Anthony Anthony Noto on the show last year, and you know you've been you know they were you know, you've had a partnership with them for for quite some time. So maybe we could just you know if you could give some sense of the of the, of the history of your of your partnership with SoFi and when you when you sort of started to think that there could be more than just a, a commercial relationship. You know, my first meeting with Anthony um, Noto, um, I was impressed with him. He's a great leader. He's uh, got incredible uh, skills. He's an uh, analyst, um, but as a CEO, he's, he's uh, driven. He's, he's great. He's smart. He's quick on his feet. Um, he's great in front of a, a group of analysts. So if you've had him on the show, you've seen probably some of those skills come through. Mm -hmm. You know, I, uh, he and I hit it off. Um, we share a vision. Uh, SoFi is, in my view, has been uh, fairly quiet, although they've raised an incredible amount of money. They, at one point, had um, raised more money than all other fintechs combined, uh, you know, two and a half billion dollars. Um, and uh, so very, very impressive on the lending side, making their products available through consumer packaged uh, type of approach. And the idea was, could we take those products, wrap Galileo's enterprise-grade EPIs around them and make them available uh, out to uh, our clients where we've done really well with the uh, clients on the uh, debit and banking side and pro provide these lending products in such a way that it's easy to integrate, easy to uh, gain access, um, and um, it's, a, it's an exciting uh, opportunity. I, I think this gives Galileo a you know, several year, three year to five year head start over anybody that's even uh, uh, thinking about doing anything similar, because it takes a long time to build uh, what SoFi has built. It's a it's a really incredible business and and very capital intensive. Yeah, I know, and I think I mean it's it's sort of it's been running for years, and obviously, you know, you know, Anthony hasn't been there since the beginning, but it's you know SoFi had built up a machine, particularly when it comes to consumer lending, student loans you know, student loan refinancing. They, they, oh, mortgages. Yeah, yeah, they invented student loan refinancing, basically. And, uh, yeah. you know, they have, they're, they're a very impressive company. But so then from from what I gather, from what you, what you just said there, it sounds like what you're saying is that a company like Chime, a company like Dave, a company like, uh, you know, Revolut may may offer lending and it could be powered by SoFi. Is that is that kind of what you're saying? Right. So the lending products, um, the way that I think about uh, SoFi is really is a, uh, yes, they've got a great consumer front end and a great consumer experience. Galileo powers the SoFi money side of that. But um, they really have a, on the back end, they have this, uh, I refer to it as a digital securization pipeline. Right. Uh, and it's, it's, it's an incredible business. And uh, any, anybody that wants to try and uh, rebuild or compete, it's got, uh, as you say, it's got a lot of work to do to, right. to, to put all of that in place. And what we want to do is make that available through uh, through our APIs. Right, right. Yeah, that's that could be super interesting because, as you say, I mean, so far I have uh, 
you know, when you look at sort of the securitization volume in the in the consumer loan space and the student loan space, they they really have uh, have dominated, and it's it's been it's been really interesting. So, be interesting to see how that if that you know that really expands. So, so I take it then from what you're saying, you 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 know, didn't run like a, you know, a full like acquisition process where you wanted to see, you wanted to hear from a bunch of different, uh, uh, you know, potential acquirers. Is this something that you really just, you, you started talking with Anthony and the team at SoFi and you thought, wow, we really should, we should do something more together. Right. It was more the latter. There was uh, definitely not a process that we ran. Um, timing of the deal was interesting. It all happened in, you know, from mid-March on, if you back, think back to mid-March, I mean, we were accelerating in the uh, deepest uh, financial trough that we'd been in, uh, even deeper uh, than the changes immediately preceding the Great Depression. You know, 30, 35% correction in, in whatever it was, 28 days beat the Great Depression by two days in terms mm-hmm. of uh, that, that acceleration, that deceleration, I should say. Uh, so um, that that was kind of the backdrop to all of this. It takes tremendous fortitude on the part, really, of Anthony and 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 that board to to finish a deal. Forbes wrote it up as the first uh, all virtual deal in history. Um, all of the diligence was done virtually um, because of the pandemic. Um, so there's a lot of notoriety to it in that regard. But yeah, we were we were just feeling like we had a, a shared mission and shared opportunity here. And uh, I'm a big believer in that. Uh, and there's a role model for this in the in the industry. Uh, you know, you look at Amazon; they've got this great consumer business, right? And uh, AWS is this tremendous infrastructure business. But one of uh, AWS's uh, biggest clients is uh, is actually Netflix, which is a big competitor to Amazon on the video on the video on demand side. So, you know that uh, that that uh, interesting dynamic is there and. Uh, we believe will play out and play out well. And, and the receptivity to the combination of SoFi and Galileo has been tremendous. Uh, our clients have all, all gre- uh, greeted it with uh, you know, eagerness because it, it really provides them opportunity. So even though you know, SoFi um, has a number of different products which are directly competitive with many of your clients, um, and obviously you talk about the Amazon and Netflix example, which they're obviously directly competitive. So despite that, you're not, there hasn't been anyone who's sort of getting nervous about, well, what's going to, what's this going to mean for us when, uh, you know, when, when you really, if you're owned by SoFi, you know, how, like, is, is everyone, it sounds like what you're saying is there's no one that's, that's expressed sort of um, some hesitation with continuing to do business with you guys? Yeah, we're, largely what we're seeing is uh, meeting the deal with, uh, you know, open arms, embracing the opportunity. Galileo is committed to being an independent business. Uh, we're ring, ring fencing the data and data sharing. You know, we're doing that uh, not only from a policy perspective, but contractually. Uh, we're putting in place the things that are needed to make sure that uh, our, our clients, protecting our clients' uh, information, uh, client information, roadmap, strategies, et cetera, is key to what we do. We already power, um, you know, we power, I mentioned uh, a few of our clients, but we power you know, competitors today, if you will. So uh, we're not in the business of sharing that information, um, you know, between one client and another client uh, that, that doesn't serve our, our, our or their purpose. Right. And so, SoFi is uh, really no different. We'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, as I said earlier, we'll make, make available these products and, and uh, that's the overall strategy. But having Galileo remain independent, um, serving 
the broader financial uh, services industry, um, serving fintech uh, specifically, uh, is a is uh, absolutely the directive and, and the mission. Right, right. So is it because obviously SoFi has a range of different products, but is this what your clients most interested in? Is it the is it the lending access to sort of the the lending machine that SoFi has done, or is there or is there something more? Well, we're, we're, we've got a number of products that are on the roadmap. If you think about um, the SoFi Invest product, which is a fee-free fractional uh, share kind of capability um, all on market. You know, Galileo, uh, we, we intend to make that product available also through our APIs. Um, our expansion, we haven't talked much about our expansion into Latin America. We're really into, uh, we're also expanding into uh, Asia specifically recently. Uh, purchased purchased a broker dealer there, and and we will drive. We will power the cash management solution for that. But in uh, and meanwhile, we'll also go into Hong Kong and uh, provide uh, capabilities to the other 160 fintechs that are there. We're moving into Singapore and into Japan as well, and uh, I've had a lot of inbound re- uh, interest from that region over the last several months, really since the uh, announcement of the the SoFi uh, acquisition. So um, there's a lot that we're, that we're doing uh, there, and it isn't limited to U.S. lending. We're seeing opportunity that's uh, more global and more expansive than that. Right, right, for sure. And so it sounds, so from what you're saying, in a lot of these regions, there really isn't a Galileo equivalent. Is that, is that what you're finding when you, yeah, when you go around the really world? Tr- yeah, very true. You know, we, we've seen this in Latin America and you know, moved into Latin America. And uh, you mentioned New Bank earlier. They, they had to solve the problem uh, themselves. Um, um, but as they've uh, looked to expand outside of Brazil, they're looking beyond that. You know, same thing with Walla as they've uh, looked to expand in Mexico and Colombia, beyond Argentina. If you look at Asia Pacific, there's really no capability there. And uh, that's that's true. Um, you know, to be honest, um, despite some of the success in in uh, the UK, I mean, look at the infrastructure providers there, and and they're somewhat limited as well. So there really is a global opportunity to to take these services, uh, you know, uh, international. Okay. So 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 last question as we wrap up. I'm you know you you talked about international. You talked about Galileo Instant. What's sort of the the focus for the next twelve months? Is it really yeah, you know, maybe just answer that question open-ended. Yeah, I think it's I think it's two or three things. So it's focusing on the the integration of the uh, lending products, um, uh, API-based enablement of the lending products. It's continuing the expansion into Latin America. We've identified beyond Mexico. We've identified six countries. We're moving very quickly right now into Brazil and Colombia, um, but. Um, Right behind that will be four additional countries uh, in Latin America. We're also expanding into Asia Pacific now, uh, as I mentioned uh, uh, earlier, uh, Hong Kong, Japan, and Singapore. Uh, and so that that's a, a big part of uh, what we're doing over the next 12 months. In the meanwhile, uh, Galileo Instant will have launched. Uh, we've, uh, we've, we've had a, a lot of interest and excitement around that. Lots of clients have actually already integrated to it, and uh, the big launch will come here in the next, uh, call it 30 days. And uh, it's going to be exciting to watch that product um, begin to emerge as a, as a kind of new way of doing business in fintech. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll be interesting to see what we're following along. Uh, Clay, I very much appreciate you coming on the show today. Peter, thanks for having me. I uh, really appreciate it. Okay. See ya. Thank you.
One of the trends that I think is probably the most fascinating uh, right now, and that is this uh, this movement towards embedded finance, which is, you know, I mentioned it, Matt Harris, uh, Bain Capital had those two articles about it late last year. And I find it fascinating because really what, what it comes down to is that, and Galileo Instant is really going to help, uh, help facilitate this, is that any company can offer financial services and that that any company can offer you know really pretty customized you know exactly to their needs like whether it's you know 10,000 welders that want to be paid by the weld or or whether it's some sort of you know a bank that uh, that has a very specific need a lot of these things can now happen and so we're going to see fintech you know continue to expand out into non-finance companies and I, I think that that's going to be the most interesting thing of all where where finance will become invisible and uh, I think that's uh, that's really where we're going it's going to be all happening this decade I think that's going to be very exciting and uh, Galileo is certainly going to be a company that is going to help facilitate all that anyway on that note I will sign off I very much appreciate you listening I'll catch you next time bye Today's episode was sponsored by Lendit Fintech USA. The world's largest fintech event dedicated to lending and digital banking is going virtual. It's happening online September 29 through October 1st. This year, with everything that's been going on, there will be so much to talk about. It will likely be our most important show ever. So join the fintech community online this year, where you will meet the people who matter, learn from the experts, and get business done. Lendit Fintech, lending and banking connected. Sign up today at lendit.com slash USA.